Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today's guest, Amy Deemter, CEO and founder of Spanish Teacher LLC. Amy has a great story. She fell in love with the language when she traveled to the Dominican Republic on a missions trip and then thus begins her journey to learning Spanish. Her focus in teaching Spanish is to speak and read as much Spanish at a level her students can understand. She uses repetition through different stories in order to foster memorization. Amy doesn't feel teaching grammar should be the main focus, but rather it is learned through the use of the language regularly in her missions trip. In this episode, we talk about how homeschooling, the schedule can be very involved with field trips and other co-op classes, not just the academics. We also talk about how you can teach Spanish without having to give grades. Wow. Because all students can learn a language and depending on their background, the language, the study habits, etc. She realizes every kid learns at a different rate. So why give a grade? Lastly, teaching beginning Spanish to middle school and high school age students with an acquisition based approach through hearing, reading, and speaking as much Spanish as possible, there is the key, the key to their success. Go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Amy has to say. Amy, say hello to our guests and tell us, what is one misconception you feel most have about homeschooling? Hi, everybody, and thanks, Bex, for having me. Um, Probably one misconception I feel that most people have about homeschoolers is that the children aren't socialized, and that is so far from the truth, especially in this day and age, maybe back 20 years ago, that could have been a thing, but now there's so many, like, co-ops that parents can be a part of, and kids can learn together and then do events together so many different things. And I would know since my brother and sister-in-law, they homeschool. And so I'm very aware of what's going on and how socialized they are. So I would say that would be the number one thing I think. Yeah, I have to agree with you. A lot of the homeschooled kids that came into my classroom, because I still teach in the public school, and a lot of them that come into my class, they have amazing social skills. Amazing. Like mm-hmm. I'm always like blown away. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And sometimes it's more than like, it's better than even kids in the public schools because the parents make the point to look, look parents in the eyes when you talk to them and they make a point to slow down your conversation, you know? So it's very, you can tell. And yeah. <laughs> no, in a great way. You're absolutely right. Parents have a more of like, um, a role in teaching those type of socializations because and then they get to practice it in real time. So that I love. I absolutely love that. And so I want to talk more about you, Senorita, because you okay. teach Spanish online. Yes, gracias. <laughs> I do. And yeah. Yeah. So um, a little bit about me. I mean, I teach Spanish online. I, I gear it more towards, so it is towards a homeschool community. So I teach mainly middle school and high schoolers. So ages, and this is kind of like a rough range, but 11 to 18. And that's mainly because I have a curriculum that is geared towards kids that age. Um, But I really focus on having more of like an acquisition based teaching where, and all that's just a fancy word for saying, 
I try to speak and read as much Spanish that they understand. That's the key thing. And the way you do that is by limiting the different vocabulary that you introduce and you do lots of repetition, but you go really deep with your content. It's not so much covering of a ton of content, but it's going really deep. So that's kind of my focus on um, wanting to teach Spanish and who I teach it to and how I teach it, all that good stuff. Yeah, and I agree with you. I love that type of uh, mentality because you go one inch wide, but like 10 feet deep, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's really where the learning happens, right? When you're able to apply over and over and over and over and over again, the different skills that you're learning. Right. And I, and I know just from my experience when I was learning Spanish and even still to this day, as I'm still communicating with friends from different countries um, who speak Spanish, I will have heard something one time or even five times. And it still benefits me to have a same conversation, but then maybe veer off slightly differently. And so it just really solidifies in your mind, like those, those, those um, brain pathways to that language. And so that's really what helps the most. Yeah. So what got you into Spanish? Well, I love the language. It started really, I did um, some mission trips to the Dominican Republic long time mm -hmm. ago. I think it was seven years ago was my first one and I couldn't speak any Spanish and that drove me nuts. And I was like determined. I'm like, I'm going to learn Spanish. And so I taught myself Spanish as I got further along. I took some uh, like a college course and I would take different courses online. So for the most part, I was self-taught, but I just fell in love with the people like the Spanish community. They're so welcoming, so loving um, and just the culture and as I was in the, in the middle of learning, I got offered a, um, a kind of like an assistant teaching position at a Spanish immersion school. So I'm doing that. And then I find I had to take over for a teacher one time. And I was like, wow, I really like teaching this. I'm going to go get my teaching certificate. And then, so it kind of just kept going because I love the language and I really enjoy teaching it. And I've had many people tell me you're really good at teaching. You should be a teacher. And I would always <laughs> blow it off in the past no, no, come on. But then finally I'm like, okay, many people are telling me this, I should do it. So that's. And you have like a different method on your, your teaching, how you approach it and everything. Like you don't give grades. There's a part in grading, but for learning languages, I don't believe grading is important because everybody can learn a language, but not everybody learns at the same rate. And this is, this is probably across the board for all subjects. People can learn it. It just takes different time. And so when we put grades on on people and where we think they should be that can just really put a ceiling on their learning and put all these you know filters up so they stop learning and and so I'm just trying to drop as many of those effective filters as possible and just get them to a place where they're comfortable and sure. willing to just be out there taking risks and just learn so grading was one thing I was like that's out of here because I'm still <laughs> assessing it the grading isn't necessary so yeah, we're always assessing, right? Like, especially when it comes down to foreign language, how easy is it to assess where the student is? It's super easy. If I'm having a conversation with you and you can respond back to me, we're moving on. But if right. you can't, you know what, let's let's just circle back and, and get right. you, you know, where you need to be to be able to have this type of conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. So DR, you know, that's like the one place I haven't still gone to. I grew up actually in Puerto Rico. Wow. 
And um, I loved it. My my family and I, you know, that's, that's why I actually learned to speak Spanish. I learned it, you know, immersively. <laughs> I didn't learn it in, you know, in school or whatever. That's actually how I learned English too, immersively. Wow. <laughs> wow. You speak it very well, English, yeah. <laughs> I've heard Spanish, but I'm assuming you have amazing Spanish. So yeah, awesome. I mean, it, it's, it. well, I learned when I was a little kid and I learned both languages at the same exact time. Mm. And um, what was so funny is when I came over to the United States, I remember telling my mom, ahora no vamos a hablar español. And I was like, ah! estamos en los Estados Unidos. And she's like, what? And what I just finished saying was, now I don't speak Spanish. I'm in the United States. Yes. And I stopped speaking Spanish for a really long time. And um, I was able to understand it. I mean, like, I could speak it, but I just always chose not to. I don't even know why. I had, like, this bad um, idea of you don't speak Spanish here. Mm. And um, I really, really held myself back on a lot of things because learning a second language, third, or even fourth language is not just about knowing a different language just to communicate, but it also opens up your world like mm -hmm. your world is no longer limited and you see things differently because your vocabulary gives you eyes to see things believe it or not the more vocabulary you have the more things you're able to ex experience and mm -hmm. be able to interact with and be able to you know grow from mm -hmm. so I really did hold myself back for a long long time with that and um I went back to college and believe it or not, guess what I became? Mm. I also became a Spanish teacher. Yes, <laughs> That's so cool. I, yeah, I taught Spanish for 20 years and um, I just remember going back to school for Spanish after taking, after getting a biology and a chemistry degree mm -hmm. because they needed a Spanish teacher. And I was like, but I'm a biologist. And they're yeah. like, well, we don't need that. We need a Spanish teacher. And your last name is Martinez. It's <laughs> like, perfect, okay, right? yeah. <laughs> that was it. So I went back to school and I actually studied for another four years and I went to Spain. My wow. family is from Spain. So I actually went there and I really, it was probably one of the most amazing experiences of my life, mm -hmm. but it also really gave me, and really, really interestingly enough, um, going to Spain, albeit such a beautiful country and it was such an amazing experience and my family was from there, I really began to appreciate who I was as an American, which was mm. crazy how that happened. Yeah. But yeah, I came home thankful that I was an American, but a, an American who was really able to see more because my vocabulary was that much greater so mm -hmm. I think it's awesome what you're doing I think it's awesome you know you took the plunge and you went there and you learned a foreign language yeah. so you learned it at a later age was it more difficult you felt to learn it at a later age I guess I wouldn't know since I didn't learn it at a younger age but um true I know that I was able to learn it and just like every student, like you learn it very quickly at the beginning. They have like that really beginning phase and then you kind of have that intermediate plateau that's there for a little bit. And then kind of once I just dove in deeper and just studied harder and just, you know, just kind of just did it, I did get to that advanced level. And, and so, um, I would say probably maybe it was a little harder, but I have, I have such good study skills. I know all the things to do to set myself up for success. I almost want to say no. And I almost, and I don't even like to 
put like an age restriction on learning a language, but you know, it all depends on like your experience with the language prior, your study habits, all those things are a factor in it. And so I would just encourage anybody thinking about it to do it. Like don't let the age hold you back. Like Right. Right. And that's why I mentioned that because, you know, when you have an affinity to do something, those, those mental blocks are going to come off. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said you have like really great study skills. So when a student comes to you, you probably apply all those study skills that you've learned, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to teach, you know, your students. Yes. Yes, I do. So, um, like right now, like one of the biggest things I actually teach my students is we spend time the first class actually going over goals and setting goals and for them to um, just analyze their progress and and just like what what are SMART goals? Everybody knows the acronym. And so setting up that, but then also like checking back in with them and, and saying, you know, I would always ask myself these questions. Can I can I say this? If I can't say this, I need to dive back into it. And so just encouraging them to go over their notes that I have key for them to like, to help them advance and just really focusing on always, can I say this in Spanish? And if I can't, then I need to go back and reapply it, re-say it all over again. So so you're like, walk me through one of your lessons. Cause you, you mentioned that, um, you have it very student centered by making all the material very relevant and helping engage. So what does that look like? What would a lesson look like with you? So a lesson, I always start off with, um, kind of like your basics, like getting somebody, like when you first meet somebody saying, hi, how are, how are you? So then we'll talk about how we're feeling. And then I'll have my students ask me because I, I think it's polite when you're talking with somebody, the conversation is never one way. Like I want somebody to ask me, how am I doing? So we'll spend time doing the very, like those basic like things. And then we'll get into the meat of the lesson, which would be like, say, learning some core vocabulary. And I don't teach it in the sense where like, I'll teach them like the grammar of like, say to have like all the different, the I, to, you, the we, all those forms. Um, I'll give them it in Spanish and then I'll give them the English equivalent. And I limit it to like, say the he has, and then maybe like some other core vocabulary. And so then right away, I will give pictures and that'll like um, pertain to that vocabulary. And I will all be in Spanish at this point. And so asking just yes or no questions in Spanish and then kind of um, leading them with like, is it this or is it this? And so even if they don't know the Spanish word, I'm guiding them and how to automatically speak it. So then where the tailored comes into is um, like I will, for example, we were just doing family, um, family members. So using their families to get them to describe, like, I have this many families and then we have to like describe like a characteristic of them. So getting used to saying like they are and, and going through every single family member. And so I'll do that with my family and I'll ask questions as we're going. So they're getting a lot of input and they're hearing it again and again and again. And even after hearing it again and again and again, you still need to hear it again and again and again. So like, even if they are getting frustrated or whatever, I'm like, just relax. It will come. It just needs to have the input. That's it. Yeah. It sounds like you have a lot of patience. (laughs) I think you have to when you're learning a language. Yeah. And you know what? That really, that really makes kids feel um, any, honestly, besides kids, it makes anyone feel, you know, like they can, they can accomplish this when someone just has patience with them and really sees them. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of your students recognize that in you. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. They, they do. I love it. And I just like, think the best compliment is like, 
wanting to take more because as homeschooled kids, parents pay for this, right? It's not just something that you get in a high school that they just have to take. It's something that they want to take. And so there's that extra element too, is like, it makes it more fun because the students really want to learn. So there's that aspect too. But um, yeah, they'll say nice things like that. You're a good teacher. Thank you. And you know, things like that. So it's, those are always rewarding to hear, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it makes, it makes what you're doing feel like worthwhile. <laughs> I yeah. know when I get those notes from my students, I'm like, oh, okay, I could do this another year. <laughs> you know? Mm, yes. It oh. only takes one little, one little note to like melt a teacher's heart, believe it or not. <laughs> oh. oh, I do believe it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. So tell us like, what, what's the call to action? Where can they, you know, find your resources and, or, you know, register for one of your classes? Yeah. So right now, Facebook would probably be the best way to reach me. And I am the Spanish teacher. There is an LLC on that. So if you, you type in the Spanish teacher LLC, my name is Amy Deemter. So you probably would see that um, attached to it. But that would probably be the best way through Messenger, or they can reach me through my email, which is the Spanish teacher online at gmail.com. Um, but yes, we, I have a class starting December 1st, Thursday. Awesome. And so that's the next class coming up. And um, to get registered for that, they'd have to contact me and to talk to them about that. So awesome. How long is that class going to be? So it's eight weeks long, um, one hour a week. It's done virtually. All my classes are done virtually. Um, and I, we use Google classrooms. So I do a post assignments for them, everything that we've learned that week to, to help them retain and practice things that, that we've studied during that week. So eight weeks long. That's not bad. And so it's an eight week course and they get one credit. Um, no, I would say like, so there's always a tricky trying to figure out credits for homeschool, but I, I recently um, was just talking to a parent about this. Um, I would say three eight-week courses would be about one credit. Oh, okay. Uh, Got it. No, so, because it, you know, it includes like certain hours of study and like input, all that kind of stuff. So Perfect. But that would just be the first eight-week course. And then each course after that is progressive. Like it, it builds on the, the course prior to that. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, cool. Very good. And you, and I think you only need four credits, right? for a high school student to be able to, um, or is it two credits? It's two. I think it's two years. Is, is it? So, yeah, and two credits. <laughs> and I know homeschool, homeschool, some states don't even require it. So it's, it's really based on what parents, some states do, some states don't. Um, and so it's really based on what the parents want their kid or even what the student wants to learn yeah. because learning a second language is so beneficial for your future and jobs. And just, oh my gosh, like you said, opening your eyes up to different worlds and yeah. culture. And it's just amazing. Yeah. I've actually been able to get, um, better, like better jobs. And I've been chosen over lots of other people because of my, you know, dual language and yes. yeah, the, the more you have just the more valuable you are to different people, different situations, you know, and, um, yeah, just learning a, a second language, like, the fact that I speak Spanish, I can understand Italian with mm, no problem. Right. So it's like really easy. Yes. And, Those and then, romance languages are just so like similar, like Italian, Spanish, and it helps me learn English better. Really, I can speak it better because I've learned Spanish better. 
It's actually true. In fact, Ed, that's so funny you said that because I've actually taught English grammar through teaching Spanish grammar to a lot of my students who didn't know their English grammar because mm. I was like, oh, well, now I got to teach you English grammar. Let's let's do a compare and comparison, you know, yeah. contrast and compare. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, that is so cool. Oh, wow. So it's been really great having you on today. So as we're wrapping up, what is one thing you want to impart to parents from your experience and your understanding of the homeschool um, education journey and experience that you'd want them to take away from our conversation today? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I would say, well, my journey in learning a language um, was that of like really kind of spinning my tires and not really knowing where to go. And a lot of times that can be the same for homeschooled parents. You don't know which way to go. And so I just encourage parents highly to just reach out to people who, who do that. Like for me, being a professional and teaching Spanish, I can help you and I can help your student find the pathway to learning the language. So don't be shy in reaching out. Awesome. That's right. I think that's a huge big takeaway, right? Like, mm -hmm. don't be shy, reach out, find out, get the information, and then you can make a decision yes. informally. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Amy, it was so great talking with you today and just hearing um all of your experience and, you know, your testimony and just all of your knowledge and just understanding in the language as well. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yes. Thank you, Bex. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, Follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.